by accident. Shashua Baxi and Gina Sasso here for another episode of our podcast. As you can imagine, we've had a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. Gina and I have plenty of things that we've got lined up to be able to discuss. But of course, given the state of affairs in the United States right now, we did want to take a pause and really discuss sort of where we are in society, where we are with what's happening today after the death of George Floyd, after the protests, after sort of the civil unrest, after the reemergence in daily society of the Black Lives Matter movement. And really just talk about how that impacts me living in Chicago, how it impacts Gina living in central Connecticut um, and where we are. And so we're going to get into that a little bit um, and see where it goes. And so Gina, welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well. Welcome back. Um, it's been a while since you and I have had a chance to chat, but, uh, hope you and your family are doing well. What's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been a little bit. Um, we, you know, are, we're doing okay. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Um, but I also am grateful for this experience. Um, I think that it's, allowed us to feel comfortable to have these conversations and to kind of be in a place where we can really speak on um, on this issue. So I am grateful for for the movement. What about you? How, how are things for you? Yeah, things are going okay. I mean, I think, you know, living in a big city, uh, the third most populous city in country, which is an extremely diverse city, um, extremely racially charged city, or can be at times. It's an interesting time to live in Chicago. Um, I think, and we've talked about this a little bit offline, you know, Chicago is a, is a city that has the most gun deaths in the country. Um, I think bar none. I think there, I think what I saw the statistic was that Los Angeles and New York City combined don't have as many annual gun deaths as Chicago. And so, as you could imagine, unfortunately, a lot of those gun deaths, a lot of the sort of angst around gun violence is harbored and centered in predominantly black neighborhoods on the far west side, on the far south side. And so we already have this foundation of gun violence. We already have this foundation of police officers potentially not doing enough in those neighborhoods or not really protecting the black community. And then on top of that, we have COVID-19. On top of that, we have extremely high unemployment rates. Um, on top of that, we just have, I feel like, this powder keg in this city, which the match, you know, the fuse sort of being lit by the murder of George Floyd, not the death. I mean, it was clearly a murder. Is you actively killing them? Um, and so the death of George Floyd, I think, really set that powder keg off. And the last 10 days have been interesting to watch from the outside, um, just trying to make sure that Vivian and I and my close friends and family stay safe, but also trying to support the movement in a way that helps bring progress. So. Right. And if we're talking about why, you know, we have this podcast, you know, like why we have, you know, the things and why we're doing the things that we're doing this if there was ever a moment to be mature by accident this is kind of this is kind of it right these are the mm -hmm. life moments that kind of shape us to really pause and reset and do things differently than you would before so all of these moments and all of these things leading up to this moment allowed us to now think of things differently and be able to 
go on a different path where we can be a voice for change and we can be, you know, supportive of everything that is going on. Um, I, uh, I know from my perspective, I'm doing a lot of reading and I'm doing a lot of research on, you know, what my position is, you know, and where, where I fit in this movement. Um, And, you know, my position is that I'm educating myself, that I'm going to teach my children, you know, the, the, ways of inclusion and that this is not tolerated at all. Um, I'm going to try to shape the future generations by those acts of, you know, parenting. And I'm going to not put up with any sort of institutional racism. I think that um, what has been refreshing is that every large company, mine included, the one that I'm employed by, have kind of put these messages out of solidarity. Mm. And um, I believe that you know, from the actions that have happened and, you know, whether you agree with, you know, rioting or whatever it is, it almost had to happen, right? It almost had to happen for um, these these big moments of change to happen, which is terrible to say, but there have right. been peaceful protests in the past that have not been or have not had the traction that this one has. And it's time, you know, yeah. now is the time. So I'm, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be a part of it. And I'm also mm. grateful to amplify the voice of others. Sure. What is it like in small town sort of Connecticut? Have there been protests? Are there people sort of voicing their opinion? For people who don't know, right, Plantsville, Southington area is a significantly, you know, majority white town, 80, 90% minimum. Uh, white population. And so do you feel like the voices are still as loud in your community as they are in places like Hartford, Bridgeport, New Haven, Waterbury? Um, So it's, it's for sure on a smaller scale, Um, but there has been, um, there has been protests. There have been, you know, walking by people. There are those conversations happening Mm. and that's, that hasn't happened before. You know, to me, I do feel the traction of the movement just in my own space. You know, there has been the peaceful protests. There have been people speaking out every, you know, there's signs on people's doors. There's um, people are, you know, just talking about it. When you hear people that are eating outside at restaurants and you walk by, you hear people having those conversations, Mm -hmm. which is healthy. And, you know, 10 days ago, it would have been uncomfortable to have these conversations with your friends. So to me, that is proof that this is the path that we all should be on, right? This is the, for us to even be feeling comfortable to talk about racism on a Mm. podcast, you know, like Mm. that to me is huge. And I think that it's, it's a testament to how the movement is going and hopefully what the future holds um, and keeping that traction alive is done by us. Right. Yeah. That's my opinion is that we have to keep it going. So that's what I'm, that's what I want to do. I want to draw awareness. I want to, you know, I want to listen. I want to amplify their voices and I want to be a support as much mm-hmm. as I can. Yeah. I think it's interesting because there are so many issues that the movement has sort of uncovered, right? We're talking about police brutality. We're talking about the issue of, you know, institutional racism. We're talking about um, de facto segregation. We're talking about uh, better funding in certain areas of cities. I mean, there's so many things and different areas that this sort of powder keg, as I was alluding to, has led to, right? The people who are protesting 
in my view, aren't protesting just the fact that people see skin color. They're protesting everything that sort of happened that has led us to today. Absolutely. Right? Because there's, it's not just specifically one topic, that the movement is not just about this issue. It's not sort of that, in every sense of it, it's not black and white. It is as gray as it can be because of all of the things that are directly or indirectly impacted by the overall change and the quote unquote movement that is happening, which is to me interesting to see that if George Floyd was not black, right? Let's say he was, George Floyd was an Indian guy or a Puerto Rican guy or a South African guy or an Australian guy or, you know, French guy, Russian guy. Like what if he was not portrayed or if he, if he wasn't black, and then if this wasn't portrayed as a white officer and a black potential culprit, who knows whether all these conversations would be happening, which right. to me is just incredible. Right. About how, how the chain reaction of things, how that ripple effect has happened, where there's no way that George Floyd's death now will be seen as in vain because of the movement that has started in his honor. In his memory, right. which to me exactly. is exactly exactly. It is cool to be, um, you know, a part of it. It is cool to kind of see, you know, if you're thinking about 2020 and it being a year of, mm. you know, so many different things that have no been different. You know, like yeah. there's so many aspects of 2020 that are different. So us using this as, you know, a kind of a, a way to shift, you know, 2021, you know, mm -hmm. and 2022 and decades after that, it's an opportunity, you know, it's an opportunity for us to, to kind of make this large change. And, and even if we are going through as a population, you know, something that's as big as a pandemic, this is bigger and this has been going mm -hmm. on for a long time. I think I saw a quote, I think, you know, from Will Smith or something that was like, this isn't something that's new. It's something that's being filmed. Yep. Um, and that it's, it's now the time where, you know, we have to kind of bring these, these issues out. It's not just like, like, it's not just a one issue kind of thing. It's a systemic issue that's going on and has been going on for so long. And, and to be able to kind of sit back and reflect and see, in different avenues of your life where it may be happening and nobody's mm. kind of talking about it allows yeah. you to be able to change that um, being aware allows you to change right and and now with the you know education and the resources that are out there to kind of see like hey am i being and are all is everyone being equally portrayed here um are we all being brought to the table in an equal way um mm -hmm. we can do that we can help and and hopefully um, hopefully that is something that's, you know, everybody's thinking about. I'm, I'm hoping that's what everybody's thinking about. Yeah. I think the biggest concern that I have as we, as this moves forward is for it not to get overshadowed by the violence, right? Yeah. It concerns me as somebody who lives in the city and wants to walk, you know, around the corner to the target to see target boarded up. It concerns me to see all these places, not target specifically, because well, Target's been getting all the all yeah, the press, right. right? All the press. I mean, I think the <laughs> yeah. CEO of Target's was like, we can rebuild the Target's, we stand with the movement, which is a great thought. But the small mom and pop shops that are being looted or were being broken into and all of the stuff that ha is happening now 
unfortunately overshadows the real questions. Everything that I just talked about in terms of the real questions and the real issues at hand, hopefully will not get overshadowed by the fact that there are a few people who have used this opportunity for violence or right. for you know incorrect or wrong blatantly wrong actions right and that's what this has become about because then the protest is now synonymous with looting it's synonymous with violence it's synonymous with stealing it's synonymous with whatever and i just i really hope that it doesn't become the main story and allow for the the real issues at hand issues plural to then get unfortunately swept under the rug and then the media, you know, the, the news cycle, not the media, because it's not a media thing. When the news cycle then changes to something else, hopefully it continues to be the case where this doesn't then just become like, hey, you remember in May of 2020, there was this big sort of uh, civil unrest and uprising. And then in June of 2020, people were just like, oh, yeah, let's no, get, that's you know, true. Let's get, back, let's get back to the summertime and open the amusement that's parks true. and all live our lives. But I think that the, I mean, we all agree with the message, right? We all agree. And, and maybe the, you know, the rioting can make people uncomfortable. But I am a firm believer that a lot of this is part of it, right? A, a lot mm -hmm. of this is, it wouldn't have be getting as much attention if that didn't happen to that scale, right? Because sure. There have been, like I said, the peaceful protests in the past, the Kaepernicks of the world have tried to at least do something to kind of bring attention to this. And it hasn't happened. You know, it hasn't been it's only, you know, gotten worse to an extent. I mean, to be able to, you know, sit here today and kind of reflect on the death of George Floyd is it's. Just, it's terrible to think about, you know, and, yeah. and to think that that's not a new thing. Obviously, right. there's been plenty of deaths that have happened and um, and to just draw awareness of it. And so I think from our perspective, what we can do is not have it be about the violence, you know, not have it be about that. Did just explain to people that it had to get to that magnitude to be able to be such a powerful movement. And I'm, you know, definitely when I'm having conversations with my friends who are, you know, maybe talking about those kinds of things, I'm shifting that message to be like, hey, listen, this is not, you know, about the violence. It's about, you know, having to make a big statement. And this is yeah. the big statement. For sure. Sure, definitely necessary. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here as we move forward. Hopefully some of it's, it's calmed but then the message stays on, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the ultimate goal here. Yeah. And then I think it's great that there's been so many resources, especially to parents. Our, mm. our school systems has, have given us resources, you know, different TV programs. I think Sesame Street is doing a town hall on racism. Um, right. Nickelodeon put out a pop, a very, um, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? A very, you know, powerful message um, mm. where they kind of stood with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so there are things as parents that I'm seeing that have allowed us to now facilitate these conversations for our children to move forward in a way that makes this, like I said before, not happen again, you know, like to at least stop it from happening or be aware that, you know, everybody has to have a seat at the table. It's not like certain people because of their skin color get a seat or yeah. certain people because of their gender or, you know, their sexual orientation get a seat. So it's it's an important thing. And and I am grateful for the education. I'm grateful to have all of these mm. 
um, resources and, uh, you know, celebrities are having experts take over their Instagrams and different uh, social media platforms to teach us about how, you know, we can help. And I just think it's, I'm grateful for it. I'm very grateful to at least yeah. have and know my place and to kind of, you know, listen and amplify. Those are the two sure. things that I've kind of taken away. Yeah. I think for me, I, and I, and we talked about this because I posted this on my social media platforms and anybody who follows me will see it. Well, I've seen this was the thing that I have to take away is that I am in no position to throw stones. Right. right? And I, that's what I wrote. Like, I don't live, I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to allow myself to sit atop my glass house and throw stones and pretend like I don't have things that I regret doing or saying or facilitating or allowing or being a part of. I mean, there are definitely things that I look back and think, well, I regret that decision or I Same. regret. Or, or even you. conversations. You regret having conversations. You regret not saying anything during conversations. Totally. Totally. Same. You know, I think yeah. that's a similar message. And I thought that was a very powerful post that you yeah. had you. put out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the biggest thing is that it's so easy for us because we have this platform, because everybody has social media, to pretend like it's a them problem. Like those people over there are saying things to those other people over there, and I won't allow that, or that's not right. Except when I was in the middle of those people and those people, then I didn't say it. Right. Or maybe I was those people over there saying something to a different group of people, like, hey, what about those people? You know, and I think just the idea of, for me, it's not as big of a concern about blatant or institutional racism as it is to like this idea of being prejudiced and closed-minded and thinking that you're going to generalize everybody as one certain type of person, right? Because, <clears throat> I mean, and not to get into this, but I think any person who is not white in the United States at some point may have gone through something that wasn't maybe racist specifically, where they were just being put down because of the color of their skin, but actions that were prejudiced towards them, actions that were closed-minded, actions that were whatever. I mean, I've been through it, and it's not a situation where I want to talk about that. This is not where I want to be like, well, yes, I want to stand with them because I know what it feels like. Because even if I do, I didn't do enough in that time to speak up. So this is not a time where I'm just going to start waving the banner and be like, hey, I'm, I'm with that. I just, I want it to be the case where there were times where I should have done more. There were times that I could have done things differently. And I just want to support the conversation in whatever way it can happen to help progress it forward and benefit the most amount of people. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Right. And I couldn't, you know, and there have been for sure times that I am now reflecting on like, wow, I was definitely not part of the solution, you know, mm. like at that point, like being quiet wasn't being part of the solution. No question. Um, so I know that now and I'm a firm believer of knowing better and doing better because mm. if you know better, you do better. So I'm, you know, going to take that path, you know, forward and, and not put up with it and not be around it and squash it where it exists because we've all been in situations like that. Yeah. And there has been, you know, times where, I easily could have been like, hey, and not cool, right. you know, right. like not not a right. cool time. So totally. that's kind of my take forward. And I'm going to continue to do, you know, yeah. the, the research. And and I I just I, like I said, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that, you know, hopefully we never have to 
kind of see these things again. Mm. And hopefully that, you know, an entire population of people get heard, you know, that's yeah. kind of what we're, what we're marching towards. Right. No so, yeah. so I'm happy tens, to be talking about it today. Yeah. I'm talking about it. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be talking about it. I'm, I'm glad to feel comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. And um, like I said, I think it's, it goes to show how the movement is going, right? Yeah. Because if we're feeling comfortable to have these conversations, then we're going to feel comfortable to speak up. We're going to mm -hmm. feel comfortable to call it out where it is. Mm -hmm. And I hope more people kind of get that energy. Yeah, I think as it's move forward. I think it's interesting to go back to an earlier point that you were talking about the schools offering resources, Nickelodeon, Sesame Street programs that are specifically tied to kids. Because it makes a lot of sense, of course, for you as a parent of young girls to teach them now. But what's mm -hmm. also interesting is this sort of underlying movement as well about educating up for the older generations, right? Because I think a lot of our parents have very biased views about right. individual people. Because, yes. I mean, my parents, you know, not to throw my parents under the bus or any of their close friends or any of their family members, but my parents can be viewed as thinking sort of closed-mindedly about certain things when it comes to all of these issues, right? Everything that I just talked about, not specifically, again, about black and white, because there are so many issues tied to this, but around all of it, where we need to not only do a good job of teaching the next generation, but also the past generations about how they can also think about it differently, because it's a lot of these 60, 50, 640, 50, 60, 70-year-old people who have been ingrained with those ideas because that's how they were raised, right. right? It's not their fault, but then also to try to open some of their eyes that, hey, yes, we understand why you feel a certain way, but it could be incorrect. It might be the case where I need to go and sit down with my parents and say, hey, a lot of the things that you feel might be incorrect, or a lot of the things that you might have said offhandedly are inherently wrong. And then how do we have that conversation for them to feel like we're not attacking them? Because your kids are young, right? They'll understand that you as the parent, you're teaching them. Your parents or your people of your parents' generation are not just going to be like, oh, Gina, you're an enlightened person. Come on. Talk to me. <laughs> teach me. Teach me. Yeah. What, what, um, is my, what is my youngest daughter going to teach me today, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I also just kind of want to put the statement out there that I, you know, at, am and have been closed minded, you know, like there's mm -hmm. been that time of my life and there is still so much more for me to learn. And um, I would never say that I would be like the expert out on it. There would be never a time where I would feel for comfortable sure. with that. But I do think that, you know, acknowledging that you may have these closed minded tendencies and then being that positive role model for not only your kids, but for other people, like you were saying, you know, for, for even people that are close to you or people that are not close to you, um, just on, honestly trying to be better, you know, yeah. to do better. Um, and um, I think that it's, that's kind of where I lie with it. And, and hopefully I can just kind of spread that throughout my, um, my yeah. inner circle and my, for you know, sure. community. So, yeah, I think one thing to also touch upon, because this seems to be like the one a conversation, right? is the idea of the police. And I think it's really difficult now to figure out what the issue are or the issues are about separating the two 
conversations, right? Where we're thinking about what's going on because it, it concerns me that the police are being sort of viewed generally, right? My thought is, as we're thinking about these issues around generalizing and prejudices and just the way we feel about everybody as a whole is exactly what's happening with the police officers. And it concerns me. It concerns me that police officers are being painted with this broad brush, right? Everybody on the police, everybody that's a police officer is not a certain way. And the whole conversation is that if all minorities, all people of color, all black community members are not a certain way, then it's also difficult to then turn around and say the same thing about everybody who wears a badge and a gun and a uniform. Right. And so, right. you know, I've seen that post a lot about the people who are sort of in the middle of the Venn diagram, where you think that what Officer Chauvin, Chauvin, however you pronounce his name, what that officer did was reprehensible and he should absolutely be in jail and the other police officers should also be charged. You think that that's wrong. You also think that what's happening on TV where the police officers are using excessive force and injuring people, also very wrong. But you can also support your police officers because you know that they're putting their life on the line. It is possible to be in the middle somewhere. Yeah, and I, I think to. I saw that post uh, and totally relatable, right? It's, right? it's 100% relatable to be in the middle of that, right? Yeah, you have to, you can't, you can't turn around and say, don't, don't generalize that all X are X and then say, but all of Y are Y. Like that's not right. the way it works. You can't just say that all black people are X or all people of color are X, or all minorities are X, and then actually go turn around and say the same thing about all law enforcement are also X. Like that, it, to me, you're missing the point about being able to be open-minded, have a conversation, understand that people are individuals, and that we needed to be treated fairly, as opposed to saying, because you are this, that means that you are also that. Like right. that conversation, I think, also needs to be had, because I, I just, I feel for, my friends who are in a position where they are police officers, they are law enforcement officials, they are married into the family, they are whatever, right? There are so many conversations that are tangential to this deal that are also as important as the quote unquote movement that need to be discussed, right? The flag and the anthem and Drew Brees and Colin Kaepernick and, you know, the Buffalo police officers, and then the 57 other SWAT team members or whatever that decided to resign because of the, the blue wall and the sign. Like, there are so many things that all need to be discussed. And I just hope that everything is getting equal amount of coverage and equal amount of discussion, because all of those, to me, are important conversations that need to be had. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So. And, you know, I'm, I'm, there's so many different things that, you can think about and like you said in the beginning of this podcast we we kind of we had another plan of things yeah, to, no to kind of discuss today um and we felt strong enough about this and you know a strong enough you know feeling kind of said hey it's not right for us to talk about anything else you yeah, know about totally. this so um, I think that's that's powerful, and for for me, um, it says a lot. You know, it says a lot about 
where this is going. And hopefully yeah. um, I'm just going to hold on to the positivity and no question. And kind of ride the wave of no spreading question. the message. Yeah, the, the only thing that, I mean, so the two points that I just wanted to make at the end here as we close are is that I hope that this doesn't continue to be a political football. What annoys me to no end is that people are dying, people are being injured of all races, of all socioeconomic backgrounds in all regions of the country. There is violence, there, is, there are issues, a lot of things are happening and it unfortunately gets politicized which then people have to feel like it's divisive. Oh yeah. Right, that you have mm -hmm. to be red or blue, you have to be liberal or conservative, you have to be right or left, you have to be on one side or the next. It has to be, as I said, in all intents and purposes, black and white, and it's not, right? The issues are right and wrong, and you can feel things are right, you can feel things are wrong, you can feel some part of some and some part of the other, and it's totally okay. Right. And so I would make, I would wanna make sure I say that, because that's how I feel. No, that's 100% um, true. And, and as we get into a highly political season, yes. you know, use no your question. voice for good. You know, no you, you know, the, uh, vote, uh, vote the way you feel yeah. your gut is telling exactly. you. you know, it doesn't have to be politically, you know, it doesn't have to be party driven. You know, like no, if, totally. if you feel something, go with it and, totally. and have that be the, the stance that you put your mark in. Um, Absolutely. So pay attention, you know, do some reading. Those are the the things that I would say. 100%. And then the other thing I thought was interesting too for me is what does this mean for me, right? With everything that's happening today in early June, my thoughts are like the only thing that I would tell people if they ask is check in on your people. Yeah. Right? Make sure people are okay. People are impacted by this in ways that you would never imagine. Um, you know, Gina and I shared a, a story offline about the six degrees of separation of how this whole thing has impacted my life directly or Divya's life directly, my wife's life directly. And you would never believe that. You would never believe that police officers in one area do something which then impacts uh, something else because this person uses social media to do this and that impacts a colleague of a colleague or a friend of a, like people are impacted in ways that you would never believe. And so I would just say, as we sort of wrap this up, check on your people, make sure that they're okay, and be a shoulder, be a, a, an ear, as you were saying before a number of times, listen, because that has to be the first thing. Let people get out their frustrations and their feelings and try not to be judgmental because everybody feels from their own lens and perspective and it's okay. They just need to get it out. And if more people got out their frustrations in a calm, and open sort of way, a lot of these issues probably would have been addressed way earlier. Right, no, I agree, so, 100%. So the, hope, the hope is that people will take this and just say, reach out to your people, find out, make sure that they're okay, allow for them to talk, have the discussion, and then figure out where you can fit in between. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Awesome, all right, well, I think that's a, probably a good place to end. Um, as we always, and with positivity, right? This is not new to today, but we wanna to try to bring and spread positivity, promote positivity, uh, regardless of where you fall in this whole thing, you're impacted in some way. And so we just wanna present some positivity. So my quote for today as we wrap is from Bob Riley, hard times don't create heroes. It is during the hard times when the hero within us is revealed. And I think 
there is really nothing else to say on that. We are all dealing with adversity, whether it's unemployment or COVID or the protests or the riots or the lootings or the gun violence, Black Lives Matter, whatever it is that you're going through right now, Americans are going through adversity and now is a time where the hero within us will be revealed. Um, you know, as we think about sort of all heroes don't wear capes. Um, and that's, that's really what it's about. So that's the, the thought I'd like to leave our listeners with today. Yeah, that's a great one. That's really, really wonderful. Uh, the quote I chose is, the flower that blooms in adversity is the rarest and most beautiful of all by Walt Disney. Um, I just believe that this is a time, you know, we are living through this adversity and let's come out the other side with a new perspective. Um, as, like I said before, 2020 is a weird year and this on top of that is, you know, creating so much for us. And if we can, you know, bloom on the other side with a more uh, with a world that's more equal for everyone, I think that would be a wonderful place to live. For sure. Well, I think that's uh, how we should wrap it up. So everybody out there, you know, take care, stay safe. For my co-host and I, this was MBA Mature by Accident. Ladies and gentlemen, we out. <laughs>